podcast. I'm calling it the podcast because I have yet to think of a name. I will eventually think of a name. By the time you hear this, there will be a name associated with this podcast. But as of right now, as I'm pre-recording some episodes for the launch, I have not thought of a name. It's the kind of thing I get really hung up on. I think in my head, I am trying to find a name that I feel as good about as I did about the last podcast I did with my sister, Betterman Sessions. For some reason, I just have that as like, that's my idea of like a name that I really liked. So I'm trying to match that. But it's there's probably some kind of mental block I need to work through. I will be able to say the name of the podcast on here pretty soon. Um, but my name is Emily. I am a certified coach. I have a professional background in mental health and clinical nutrition. And I'm here to provide content and inspiration that helps you to heal your relationship to yourself, which I think is the number one way to live an authentic, full, and truly satisfying life. So I talk about how to heal your relationship to your emotions, to your body, to food. If you're somebody that has been on the diet cycle or has a history of disordered eating, you'll find a lot of content on this podcast that can support you with that as well. I'm really happy you're here if it's your first time being here. And today I want to talk about the healing journey. So periods of time when we are going through some potent healing work, sometimes you'll hear it called the dark night of the soul. These are periods in our lives where we are very potently aware that we are going through something very deep. Um, It can be quite tumultuous and it can often happen when we least expect it. It can be very confusing, but it is a period that once we, once we are able to trudge through the mud, make the most of it, take the lessons, heal what was calling to be healed. When we come out the other side, we are more actualized versions of ourselves. We are able to live more authentically. We are able to hold more bravery for our life and express ourselves more clearly. And we're able to live more in alignment with the versions of ourselves that maybe previously could not be expressed because we were living in a more illusioned state. So if you're going through something like this, I completely empathize with you. I know how hard it is and I know how lonely it can be. I've been through a couple of these periods in my life. I did go through one very recently. The last few months of 2022 was like absolutely, I mean, it felt like for those of you who know the tarot or have ever like used the tarot. It was like a tower moment after tower moment. And what I mean by that are like moments of just sudden upheaval. And when that happens, maybe that's what you're going through right now, a sudden upheaval in your life. And it really, it's like the only way to move forward is to do some deep work, is to really assess like, okay, like how did I get here? What is this teaching me? What opportunities are lying on the other side of all of this rubble? You know, what can I build using the pieces from things that have fallen apart? Like, how can I, how can I move forward in a way that's going to allow me to look back on this time as a potent time for healing and as something that needed to happen and even see them as a blessing in hindsight? So if you're going through that, listen up. I, I have like a whole, (laughs) I have a whole list of tips here that are, Honestly, they largely come from my personal experience. These are the things I wish I knew when I had my first experience with the dark night of the soul or a deep period of healing that I have now. And these are things that I have to remind myself of when I go through hard times now. So 
Yeah, I hope this is helpful. So the first thing that I wanted to say, if you were going through a period like this, is it's really important to give yourself permission to redefine productivity. Because this is a period where your productivity becomes harder to recognize if you are viewing it through the lens that we typically use to define what is productive, especially in the West. From the outside in, it may not look like you're doing much of anything. You may feel lazy. You may feel inadequate or, you know, like you're not doing enough. Um, you might be sleeping more. You might be spending more nights in than going out, like being a lot more introverted, spending more time alone. Maybe you're reading a lot or taking in content that helps you to gain clarity into what you're going through. So just taking in a lot of information. Maybe, you know, on the lighter side of things, maybe you're reconnecting with old hobbies that generate a more authentic sense of satisfaction. And unfortunately, in the West, we don't view hobbies often as productive unless we have turned it into a side hustle. (laughs) So, you know, if you are just leaning into things that are pleasurable for the sake of it, that might not be seen as productive. It's a really, really important to remember, though, that your self-worth is not determined by the amount of money that you make for yourself or someone else. (laughs) So, do what you need to do to like ensure that your baseline needs for survival are met and then give yourself some grace for the rest of it. Because truthfully, the inner work that you're doing now is the most productive and impactful work you will ever do. I like to think of it like a slingshot. So when we're doing this work, we get pulled back and there's a lot of tension and it might feel like we are regressing or going into a time of moving backwards or no movement at all. And that pressure builds, but once we're finished, the slingshot is released and we're able to shoot forward farther than we ever could have gone if we didn't get pulled back the way we did. It can be really hard to lean into this truth. I know that, especially if you have people in your life that are questioning what you're doing and they might even be concerned about you, which is understandable as well. But just this is where you have to like really lean into your intuition and trust yourself. If you know that there's something really powerful happening with you right now and that this is something that you have to do for yourself, then lean into that. It's okay to trust that. A second tip is to give yourself permission to change your mind. So this is a time when you're going to be faced with possibly many forks in the road of your life. And perhaps a path or a relationship that once made sense to you just won't anymore. And we tend to automatically view endings as failures, but that's actually a very self-destructive and, you know, very uh, narrow viewpoint to have of endings. And this is coming from someone that really struggles with endings, (laughs) by the way. I am not on a high horse lecturing about this. I know it's really hard. This is something I'm trying really hard to wrap my head around all the time. But it's self-destructive to a point because sometimes endings are the very thing that makes something successful because the sad truth is, is that not all failed marriages ever end. I mean, how many marriages have you known that they go to the grave miserable? And it's really sad to think about. And that might even be kind of sound harsh coming out of my mouth, but it's true. You know, how many people like work their entire lives in industries that they absolutely hate? or doing a job that doesn't fulfill them. Just because something doesn't end doesn't mean it's a success. And just because something ends doesn't mean it's a failure. Sometimes for something to have served us successfully, it must end to make room for what we're ready for next. The third thing is try not to resist what's coming up to heal. 
And that doesn't mean that you're not going to practice self-soothing behaviors to make it more manageable. I would absolutely encourage that. But this isn't a time to just numb and avoid what's coming up. Numbing and avoiding can look like all kinds of things. You know, we sometimes use substances or addictions to do that. And this is a time when those addictions can really become glaring. And that can be challenging to navigate as well. Another thing that we might do, and this is something that I realized I'm so guilty of. (laughs) I just realized this in the past year or so. And that's like to intellectualize your feelings instead of feeling them. I think for me, because I'm, I work in personal growth and I'm a coach and I, I'm such a psychology nerd that I, I have a way of looking at my emotional like responses to things in a very like, almost like a case study, or I just intellectualize like I'm feeling X, Y, Z because of this. And I think this is why I'm reacting this way. And it's beneficial to a point because there is value in self-awareness and knowing, being able to recognize why things are coming up. But the problem, the problem lies when we don't (laughs) go deeper. It's like, I can, I can acknowledge in theory that I feel certain things, but then it kind of prevents me from actually feeling them. So it's going from intellectualizing everything like in those, you know, upper and like the head area, those upper like energetic systems, and then going back into the body and feeling them through the body, which is where we store emotions. We have to be able to go back into that feeling state because energy likes to move. Emotions like to move and they can't move if we're just talking about them and not feeling them. So be aware if you do that. If you have, if you, if you're like a self-help nerd, there's a strong chance you might be someone who does that. So just kind of (laughs) see if that's something that you do. When we, because when we numb and when we avoid, we put ourselves in a position of disempowerment and we start to feel victimized by this process instead of empowered. And it is possible to go through this process feeling empowered. You know, it's okay also to compartmentalize your emotional releases or emotional processing and create containers for it as well. Because, you know, you don't have to just like be this open vessel and be processing things 24 seven whenever it comes up. Because as lovely as that would be, as much as I wish we all had the luxury of just, you know, um, (laughs) moving into a cave in Nepal and spending six months with a group of monks so that we could process things like most of us can't do that. We have to work, we have to be with our families. So you can create containers for that. It's just really important that you that you do make the time to feel what's coming up instead of just ignoring it and numbing it completely. Because what resists persists, and it's not going to go away. It's only going to get worse if you don't process it. In fact, a big reason why you're probably having this experience of the dark night of the soul is because your body can no longer take on the burden of not processing emotions that have been repressed for such a long time. I also want to note here that you may feel like you don't deserve to have negative feelings about your life because maybe on paper you have everything anyone could possibly quote unquote want. And this is where we have to be careful not to shame ourselves because emotions don't respond to logic and facts. They just are. So resisting them because you don't feel like you deserve to have them only puts you in a place of self-blame and shame. And it's essentially like an internal gaslight. Because really what's happening as you go through this processing, emotional processing, and letting yourself feel things that you've never allowed yourself to feel, what's happening is you're becoming aware of deeper levels of your own authenticity. And the fact is, is that life doesn't have to be quote unquote bad to be misaligned to your core truth about what it is that you're wanting. So give yourself some slack if you feel 
like you are somebody that is complaining unnecessarily. I think a lot of that is messaging that we actually got when we were children. It's kind of that thing like, you know, don't cry or I'll give you something to cry about, you know, buck up. And we internalize that. And we then start to look for evidence for why we should feel the way we feel. And if we don't feel like that adequate, that evidence is adequate enough, then we will just deny that truth for ourselves. So this is an opportunity to kind of change that programming and address it and really look at where that comes from for you. The next one that I have here, number four, is don't feel like you have to go through this alone. You know, that's what coaches and therapists are for. They're, they're there to help. I'm going to put some links in the description box to access affordable therapy, if that's something you're interested in. I also want to say too, if you are employed, check in with your human resources department to see what and if there are any benefits that will allow you to get free therapy. A lot of the times employers have these benefits, but they're not that great at letting people know about them. So you'll, you might be pleasantly surprised. See what kind of free options you have. And then if beyond that, if cost is an issue, you can use the link that I'm sharing below to access sliding scale therapy and things like that. Support groups can also be really great, especially for if you're struggling with like a specific grievance or areas of concern, it can be helpful to connect in a support group because sometimes we, when we're going through these periods, we only have enough social battery to spend time with others who understand personally what we're struggling with and that's completely okay. So just something to think about as well. I know it can be really, um, the tendency can be to isolate. Also, just a little side note here. If you have significant trauma that you're coping with, it's really, really important to see a therapist to manage that because that can be really intense work and therapists are skilled and on, and informed on how to create a safe space for you to process that trauma. You want to make sure that you're doing it in a safe way that feels emotionally safe for you. And a therapist can help you do that. So if you are interested in processing your trauma, if you think that's part of your path here, you can seek out therapists who are trained in trauma work. There's so many different types of therapies that people can do around trauma. Uh, one of them is EMDR. That might be something to look into. And you should easily be able to find somebody who can help you with that process. If you're feeling alone and really isolated in what you're going through, just know that the rewards of healing is that you start to attract relationships that are aligned to a more authentic version of you. It just takes a little bit of time. <laughs> that isolation is temporary, but I also know that it can be really lonely. So strive to find a balance between taking the space you need while also incorporating some support to mitigate that loneliness when possible. It's not necessary to do this alone. So number five on my list is Open your mind to incorporating an array of healing modalities, maybe ones that feel out of the box for you, or maybe that you've never even heard of before. And this is where you can allow your intuition to guide you in knowing where you could start. Because having a variety in healing modalities available to you, it serves because as you try new things and experiment, it'll help you to gain a deeper understanding, a deeper dimension of your self-awareness, and it adds helpful skills to your toolbox. So over time, you're going to become more confident in your coping and self-soothing abilities. And this is just going to naturally mitigate a lot of the apprehension that comes with doing the deep work because we weren't taught how to navigate our emotional worlds effectively at all. <laughs> Most of us weren't taught by our families because it's a generational issue. It's not something that humans have passed down very well. And we weren't taught in schools. And this is why it feels so scary when we suddenly have to start addressing our emotions and working with them and understanding them. 
So taking ownership of your learning process here can be incredibly empowering and it'll help you to move through the waves more quickly and easily and help you to just be less fearful of the process because really your emotions are not really anything to be feared, even though they can be unpleasant. It's just who you are. You know, you're being brave to meet yourself if you really think about it. So, and emotions, they move through. That's the funny thing about emotions is that we're so scared of feeling them because there's a part of us that feels like if I, if I indulge this feeling, which I already know is bad, I, it feels like we might spiral. We're scared that we're never going to come out the other side and we're just going to go into some deep pit of despair. But the truth is, is that emotions, when they're felt fully, they actually move through us fairly quickly. You know, it's, it's kind of a miraculous thing. And we realize like, wow, I've been like avoiding that for so long and I just mustered up the bravery to feel it. And the relief that you feel at the end is incredible. So just tiny moments of bravery, chosen bravery can be so powerful here. Next on my list is to allow yourself to grieve. So as you go through this process, you will likely face some really hard to swallow truths around the limited ways that you've lived due to some of the wounds that you're processing. And that can often come with grief. You may be faced with guilt also for ways that maybe you've behaved when you were still living in the context of your blind spots that are being shown to you with these bright neon unforgiving signs. (laughs) Um, You may feel like you've missed out on time too. So when you could have been happier or achieved more, And just know that this is completely normal and it's okay to be upset. And it's really important to let yourself grieve if that's what's present for you. You might also find yourself grieving relationships that are in the process of transitioning as a result of your healing, or perhaps a former version of yourself that had a completely different perspective on life. You could be grieving that version of you. Going back to my point about changing your mind, the things that you realize don't resonate anymore can leave what feels like a void. It's that void that lives in the space between letting go and the new coming in. And that void can feel really uncomfortable for us. And even though we know, we may, we know logically that what we've let go of wasn't serving us anymore, it destabilizes us in some really deep ways when foundational elements of our life go into flux. It's like if you guys have ever seen Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The very bottom rung of the pyramid, the foundation, it's like relationships, jobs, physical health, the things that we need to just survive. When those go into flux and relationships are a survival mechanism because we are tribal, we need people to survive on a very primal level when we were still living in caves or even just, you know, times gone by when we relied on our communities more for survival. It's ingrained in us to need people. So when we go through transitions where relationships start to fall away, it can trigger our nervous system in a very deep and primal way. So it's it's deeply human to have that experience, to have that reaction to that. So spiritually, you might have a deep sense of knowing about where you're going and why. Your intuition might be guiding you very powerfully. But our human selves, your human self can sometimes need time to catch up with that knowing. Your nervous system needs time to catch up. So be patient with yourself. It's okay to feel split in how you feel regarding any changes that are taking place within yourself and in your life. And honestly, as you go through this process, you're going to come up with so many different ideas about yourself and your life and where it's going. And you may be finding that even the things that are coming in, the ideas that are coming in are going to change and go into flux just as quickly as they came in. And that can be really confusing too. But really what's happening there is you're just uncovering deeper levels of yourself 
And on a certain level, there's something that resonates. So you lean into it and then you do another, you do more healing and then that level falls away. So it can feel really, there, there may be times when you feel like you're kind of all over the place and it may look that way to other people and it can kind of be a source of insecurity and self-doubt. So I'm telling you this now because I wish I had known that when I was going through this, that it's okay if you are if you are finding yourself fascinated with things and changing your mind and being drawn in a lot of different directions for a while, that's just, that's just you uncovering new parts of yourself and it's completely okay. Just let things, let things go and let things come in. Allow it to be a flow in and out as much as possible. I think a healthy, (laughs) a healthy sense of detachment can be really helpful during these times as well. You know, allow yourself to get excited, allow yourself to be motivated by new things and then when that excitement wears off, just let it let it go, let it flow. Something else is going to come in. It can be really fun if you let it. It can be a time of exploration and really learning who you are. And the last thing I wanted to talk about, and this is like the most important point, I think, is to remember that just because you're healing, just because you're going through something, it doesn't mean that you are a work in progress. Don't Don't trick yourself into thinking that you are in some kind of limbo period that's kind of going to end up being irrelevant to the big picture of your life, I guess, or that you're the the version of yourself that you're living in now is like not real or it it's a means to an end. Because you were whole and complete now as you're healing. You were whole and complete before and you will be forever. Healing is a lifelong process. So just like physical health, we are always healing on some level. You know, our immune systems are continuously identifying and purifying our bodies of viruses, bacteria, parasites, and and disease cells on the micro levels in ways that we're not even aware of. And they're going to continue to do that for the rest of our body's lives. So if you create a goal to be 100% like psychologically, spiritually healed, you risk setting yourself up to feel unnecessarily disappointed in yourself. And, you know, you may be doing a bulk of your work now for sure. And it, it will absolutely create positive outcomes. It's not like you're going to be in this really deep work kind of space forever. You're going to you're going to feel a huge impact from this work and you're going to experience higher levels of happiness as a result. And then you might have another period like this in your life. In fact, you probably will. <laughs> I think it's like, you know, like we call we make jokes about like midlife crises, quarter life crises. I kind of think that's what this is for a lot of people. It's a time when we reassess and we look at our lives and we look at what's working and what's no longer working. And it's always going to be challenging to make those hard calls. So just be open to the truth that we don't need to be 100% healed to live a beautiful and full life. You deserve that now. And you're going to get that now because you're doing the hard work and you should be really proud of yourself because this is not for the faint of heart. So if you resonate with this process, I commend you. And it's also important to remember, like, not only are you doing something really positive for yourself, but you're doing something so positive for every relationship you ever have moving forward. Ones that are existing now and continue to exist and ones that you meet in the future. You are going to be a kinder person, a nicer person. And I'm not saying that it's not, I'm not saying that you necessarily weren't those things to begin with, but you're going to be a more authentic version of that. You're going to have better boundaries. You're going to know yourself more and you're going to feel braver in expressing yourself more. And that's an amazing thing. The world needs more people who do that because when you do that, you trigger healing in other people. You let other people know that it's possible for them to do the same thing. So props to you. (laughs) 
That's all I had for you today. If you found this episode helpful, please let me know by leaving me a review and or comment on any platform that allows you to do so. One of the best ways to support the podcast. Um, Share this with a friend as well. If you know someone who's going through a hard time and you think this could be helpful to them, please share. There are going to be new episodes available of the podcast every Wednesday. So if you like this content, find it helpful. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening so that you can catch every new episode. Thanks for joining me today and I will see you all in a week. Bye.